0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the show on this episode of the podcast we'll be discussing everything Ardbag we'll go through the history of the distillery current news and of course our personal favorite aspect of the show the tasting with me as always is my intrepid and brilliant co-host Andy Kleschick Andy how you doing today
1: I'm doing pretty good you know just kind of chilling out lately Ben. Just trying to enjoy the fall weather that we're finally getting here in Cincinnati. 100%. 100% finally. Except for the cold nights that we're starting to get, but you know, other than that, not bad. Right. Absolutely.
0: you got to enjoy it. As long as you got that fire going, you'll be okay, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, so this is one that we're
0: really excited about, especially, I'm sure you could tell based on you know last week's episode, this one's kind of connected in a sense just because of proximity. Um, so we're really excited about this one as well. So um, why don't we just jump right on in. Andy, tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Ardbeg.
1: Of course. So Ardbeg was, it's about one year older than Lagvulin. They were uh, founded a, in 1815, uh, and they were founded in the town of Ardbeg. I don't know if, like, which one was named first, um, but nonetheless, both are named Ardbeg, the town and the distillery. And they're only a few miles up the road from Lagvulin themselves on the island of Isla, um, like, just northeast of them. Uh, there on like that southeastern tip of the island um and they're in like what is a I guess all of them um kind of on that southeastern tip are in a uh like in a part of the islands that's known as the inner hebrides I'm assuming that's how you say that um (laughs) group of the islands um on the southern end of that of the island of Isla um and, you know, like I said, uh, just a couple of seconds ago, and, you know, last week when we were talking about Lagvulin, um, on that southern, or at least southeastern tip of the island, they, um, they're, you know... It, the, it's them, Lagavulin, and Laphroaig. They're all on that southeastern tip right. uh, in that region. And they're all pretty much within maybe a few miles drive of each other.
0: That Google map says Lagavulin and Ardweg are 0. 0.6 miles from each other. <laughs> <laughs> they're a lot
1: closer than I thought they were. Yeah, they're very close. Um, and, you know, I mean, looking at the size of the island, like it kind of makes sense that they'd be that close to each other. Um, but I thought it was a lot, I guess I thought it was a lot bigger of an island than it was actually is when i was talking about lagvulin last week <laughs> um but it, it was something that you know they began commercial production actually in 1815 um although much like lagvulin they um you know maybe had some at least semi-illicit um distiller distilling and production beginning uh, right. a few years earlier than that um Back in 1798 for them, whereas it was, you know, 1742 for Lagavulin. Gotcha. On site that any distilling, legal or not, began. Um, right. And it's a brand that is not quite as, um, ownership-wise, it's not quite as longevity-wise, um well-owned as Lagavulin was. I think L- Lagavulin's up until when they were bought out by um, Diageo hmm. um, in the late ni- 1990s um, Ardbeg has changed hands a few different times throughout its history. Hmm. Um, and they actually had a period in pretty much the entire 1980s where at least the production uh, and the actual distillation of Ardbeg was stopped. Um hmm and then from about it, that was a period of 1981 through 89 where that was uh and then they had limited production from 89 to 96 at which point then like production really began to be ramped up again to what it now is as we know it uh and now I think they're owned by so Lagavulin and a lot of other scotch brands I think are owned by Diageo and that's who distributes them um but uh, unlike them, Ardbeg is actually distributed by Louis the um, the brand LVMH Louis Vuitton Moët right. Hennessy. That um, <clears throat> you know, if you know any of those names, other luxury goods there. Right. Uh, so they're distributed. I think they're the maybe the only Scotch, as far as I can remember, that's distributed by them instead of Diageo. Um, and again, much like Lagavulin, their name also is derived from. Um, an old Gaelic phrase, "Anerd um, Bag," which means the small promontory, uh, or at least loosely translated means that. Um, and it's yeah, and it's something that they're just their production, at least based on the size comparative to. I'm just gonna compare them to Logville in here since they're both on the same island and only like half a mile to a mile away, um. Unlike Lagavulin, which I don't know how many employees they have, but Lagavulin has four stills, like two um, two runs, and then two or two washback and then two stripping pot stills. Lag, uh, Ardbeg only has sixty employees and two stills, one for a washback still to like just actually distill everything, and then one for um, actual like stripping runs to get any impurities before aging out of it. Uh, and th- this results in them pumping out about, so they're kind of a little bit more comparatively, um, like we talked about with Oban, they're a little bit more comparative in size to that, uh, in terms of actual size of the distillery. Um, although may- they're not quite as pumping out as much as Oban does. Um, they p- only pump out about, as of right now, at least, um, when I typed these up, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, only about 10,000 barrels of whiskey a year for aging and then bottling. Um, but of course, you know, something that they're actually last I saw, I don't know if this is actually completed yet or not, but, um, they're actually in the process of like actually building a further still house that would, um, house, you know, at least another two still pot stills for them. Um, and would allow them, you know, to of course expand production, at least in theory by double, um, and you know it's something that you know they've um you know been working on doing that for at least the last 4 years. I don't know if it's complete yet, but at least the last 4 years since 2018. Um and it's something that you know they're kind of unlike a unlike Lagavulin and a few of the other Isla based Scotch distilleries, they're setting some trends in terms of um experimentation for the island uh you know something that they um in 2011 they actually had a chance to send 20 different vials i don't know the size of the vials but i know 20 different vials of their um distillate with a few wood particles i'm assuming from like barrels that they have on hand into um up into the international space station for again i don't unfortunately remember how long but at least like a year or two basically just see like what happens if you send whiskey into space right with a little bit of wood chips in it like what happens in that in that environment um That's funny. and i haven't seen anything like reviews of that experiment like what happened with it because i think they just came down uh in either 2021 or earlier this year in 2022 so i haven't seen anything like w- the results of that experiment what happened there. Gotcha. Um, but it's something else that they've also done um, in kind of conjunction with their just standard releases that they have. They've actually released... Um, they actually have their, like, own committee um, committee, where basically anybody can join up online um, through their website um, and become a member of said committee. Hmm. And... You know, like every year or every few months. Yeah, I I actually am a member of it, and I've tried to get my hands on a couple of bottles um, through this, Mm. although they're expensive, um, much like most, if not all, Scotch is. Right. Um, They, like, at least once to twice a year, they'll release a uh, committee-only release that if not every committee member buys it, they might end up releasing um, to the general public. I don't want to guarantee that, but you know, they at least initially release the bottlings only to their committee members that it's like, it's kind of like an experimental, um, lineup. Like I know one of them they did was like kind of a punk inspired label and everything like that. Uh, like punk rock inspired label and everything like that. Another one was like fur mutation that ended up getting slightly released to the rest of the public. I think, um, and I'll get into that one specifically later, um, when we talk about the products. But you know, they're they're kind of in that sense for Scotch, um, on the within the legalities of what they can do and everything in that cutting edge of like saying, well, kind of what can we do, or saying, okay, well, we're gonna like run these experimental ones by our committee members, and if those people like it, well, then we'll do a more widely distributed run of that into their. Um, into the general public hmm. as much as they can at least um mimic that one and repeat it for sure. the general public uh and that one of their i think this was their most recent one or one of their most recent ones that they released in late 2021 or like early 2022 uh which was called for mutation um which is where it was one that they ended up leaving like the top of the um Like the washback stills open during distillation, uh, like the lids of them. And they ended up leaving those open for like three weeks long, roughly, where they, during that process, I guess there was a little bit more fermentation that happened during the process. Whereas like normally they'll leave it open for, I think like eight or 10 days Something along those lines, if I recall correctly. They ended up leaving it open for 21 days. Just to see, like, basically, well, if we let extra air in to it, like, any yeast or anything like that during the distillation process, like, what's going to happen to it, (laughs) basically? Um, And it turned into one that, unfortunately, I didn't get a bottle of it. um, Because it was just, again, it was like $150, $200 bottle that I just, at the time, did not feel like paying for right. but it was something that they released to all committee members at the time um, and you know they definitely won much like Lagavulin as well they've you know won a lot of awards um, you know a lot of gold and double gold medals at international competitions and it was something that actually for I think three straight years from either 07 to 09 or 2008 to 2010 and then from like that time yeah it w- it was tw- three straight years twenty eight or two thousand eight to two thousand ten and then um four of those years two thousand eight through twenty fifteen um actually in jim murray's like world whiskey guide were awarded um like the world's top whiskey of the year in his guide um those three straight years oh eight to twenty ten and then I think it was 2012 or 2013 that they won the fourth out of those four uh, during that period for their 10-year-old product um, that they have. And again, much like Lagavulin, they're, they're going to be a single malt Scotch whiskey. Um, so a single distillery, only malted barley in um, used in distillation, all of that. And that ends up going into a few different products that they have. Um, so it's definitely, again, something that, you know, kind of working with some of those limitations that Scotland has, um, great that they won the award, but that goes into their products, which are their standard offering that you should probably be able to find if, if a liquor store has a scotch section, probably be able to find it there, is their Ardbeg 10 year old. And then they have a, um, Ardbeg, Five year old, which is called Wee Beastie. This is the one we'll be trying today, Um and that one was released, I think, in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Again, another recent release. Was that, uh, price? that one is about forty five, fifty bucks. About- so I mean, it's it's fairly cheap as far as Scotch goes. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas most Scotch is priced in that sixty five to eighty dollar range at the minimum. Yeah. You know, it's fairly cheap as far as price goes gotcha. comparatively. Cool. Um, then they also have Ardbeg on Oa. and then they have I've never seen this one ever released on shelves even for shipping. I've never seen it. They have an Ardbeg eight year um, labeled for discussion. Um, then they have a few other like special edition ones uh, and like the committee editions and then there are limited editions that they released there. Um, then they have a Corey Freckin and Uggdall, Uh that, again, if they have, like, a if the liquor store you visit has, like, a more in-depth Scotch section, you could probably find at least one of those two, um, if not both. And then they have a Chyvon 19-year-old, uh, on which they've released four different batches so far to date, uh, as is this recording. And then they have a 25-year-old Scotch. Again, one that I've just never seen. Um, not that I've looked out for it, but I've just never seen the 25 year old and probably would be unbelievably expensive anyways.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Um,
1: but they're, you know, they're a very storied brand. I think this was, I think either this one or Lagavulin might've been the one that I cut my teeth on when I was getting into Scotch a few years ago, like after I turned 21 and all that. Yeah.
0: Nice. Cool. You ready to do the tasting? Yeah. All right, Andy mentioned the uh, the whiskey that we're going to be uh, trying here today. Uh, as always, we're going to go ahead and start the tasting by going with the nose. Ooh, reminds yeah. me a lot of the eight year
1: logable one. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me a lot of the eight year log of one.
0: Very, very peaty.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I noticed like At even three. yeah, like even though it's like three years younger. I notice, at least from my yeah. nose, it's a little bit more smoothed out compared to that Lagavulin eight year old. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you still get like those spikes of like the very peaty, very smoky note. For sure. A little bit more brine in it than comparatively to the Lagavulin eight. Um, yeah. For me.
0: It's almost like in between the eight and the sixteen, but then it's like actually younger than. The yeah. Eight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh,
0: let's give it a taste.
1: Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Pretty mellow, not too bad.
1: Yeah, it's 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 not crazy peaty. Fairly mellow, not like super peaty. Yeah, but like the smoke definitely, for me on the palate and, you know, in the chest and everything, like that smoky note cuts through for me.
0: Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah,
1: it's like kind of like. For me, I'd say it's very, the nose brings a lot more of those, like, dried cherries, dried plums, something like that, like, dried dark fruits there for me than the Lagavulin eight-year-old, but comparatively, like, on the palate, it brings a lot more of that peat and that smoke there for me, Mm -hmm. but also brings a lot more of, like, a, it's almost like if you had, like, dried plums or dried cherries, and you, like, smoked them in, seaweed. For me, that's what I get off of it.
0: Yeah, 100%. right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, share every episode, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions on your social media pages with your friends. Uh, Follow us on Instagram. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week.